0: Welcome to the Barbell Strikes Back. I'm your host, James McDermott, and Emily Bangero Hurtado is joining me today on the show. Emily, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. it's it's Sunday. i'm uh, I'm great because it's sixty degrees outside, and I plan on going for a walk after we're done with this interview. And I'm gonna be rocking these awesome headphones while I'm out there, too. These are my brand new Bose headphones that I ordered in November, and they just came in at the beginning of March.
1: <laughs> That's great.
0: How, how sick are these?
1: They're actually pretty nice.
0: These are custom- are they custom made? Yeah, custom made. I, I spent quite a bit of time going through all the color combinations and everything like that to make them custom, and I'm pretty happy of how they came out. And you recently just uh, put together a pair of custom Nike Metcons, right?
1: Yep, that's right. I just bought the my first pair of Cross CrossFit shoes. They're the Nike Metcon Sixes.
0: And you put together an awesome color design. Uh, like, did it have the pattern that's on the side of your shoe? It comes off at like almost looks like an arrow coming across the shoe. Then it fades into blue in the back, and then you have those metallic platinum heels. It's like, how did mm-hmm. you come up with the color scheme of these shoes?
1: um I basically just added like I'd say my favorite color is like blue so I decided to add that into the shoe and I have a lot of like black shoes so I wanted to switch it up so I decided to do like a gray tone which I've never had before and I actually really like it and I just noticed that it actually follows the color scheme for Albany CrossFit so that's that's cool too
0: yeah, that, that is pretty badass. Maybe that was a little subconsciousness, you know, like you're putting together the <laughs> shoes, you're remembering the colors in the gym because you're staring at those colors for hours on end yeah. every day. Well, that that's that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, you're you're very talented at at designing things. Are you naturally gifted with uh art? Like are you a good drawer, painter, things like that?
1: I wouldn't say I'm very gifted with drawing and coloring and stuff, but I guess when it comes to designing, I'm pretty decent with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, hey, if oh, uh, it's it's hard to talk about shoes and color schemes and stuff like that because no one can see them here on the podcast. But now people at the gym might be looking at Emily's shoes and saying, "I, I need to hire Emily to get me, you know, an awesome pair of kicks." Like, like, uh, hey, Emily, design a pair of custom Nike Metcons for me, you know, because uh, you're the expert now.
1: Yeah, I would be more than willing to do that if the opportunity comes.
0: I did it once and everything was bright orange, which in my mind was a good idea at the time. And then when I got them, they looked silly. They were, they had <laughs> white tips to the toes and then a white heel. Cause these were custom weightlifting shoes and everything else is yeah. bright orange. So it just looked like, like a, like a pair of dress shoes that were orange in some parts. It was a disaster. I, I don't know what I was thinking at the time. <laughs>
1: You got to switch it up every once in a while.
0: I know. I'm not as brave as you. I mean, uh, so you say you have all these black pairs of shoes. See, uh, when I go to buy clothing, it's the same color all the time. I have a million black t-shirts. The fact that I'm wearing a gray t-shirt right now is very out of the ordinary. So I just, I always go back to what I like, but you're braver than I am, Emily. And that's why you're here on the show right now. You said you're a little nervous at the beginning because this is your first podcast but I'm excited to see where this goes. And soon, someday, we're going to be listening to the Emily podcast, right? That's right. Yep. So let's, let's dive right into it. You're uh, an intern at Albany CrossFit. We've been working together for a couple months now. You've been shadowing classes. We've been working on movements outside of classes and practicing coaching. Uh, what is your degree and what is the goal of this internship?
1: Um, Well, right now I'm studying at the College of St. Rose. I'm studying um, business management with a concentration in sports management. So when I first started off with the degree, I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted. And I'm still trying to figure it out. But as I progress, and I've been spending more time at the gym, I've been noticing that I've always had a passion for fitness and moving forward, I would like to have a career in the fitness industry. I don't know if that's CrossFit or I don't know what, but I want to do something in the fitness industry. Maybe own my gym one day.
0: Yeah, I know you've mentioned a couple times to me that, you know, owning your gym would be uh, a goal down the line. Uh, Would you Is that something that maybe right out of college, you know, that you're going to work immediately towards, or do you plan to continue to work at gyms, gain experience, see how different types of gyms work on the inside before you start your own?
1: I would say I would want to gain a little more experience and on the side, be looking into how I can start my business, where I would want to start it and Just having the right skill set to start a business that could hopefully take off and be successful.
0: What kind of things have you learned so far in college taking these classes that are associated with business management uh, that are going to set you up in the future to be able to do that? Like, I, I don't know what kind of lessons you've learned that maybe a business owner right now maybe isn't, you know, fully brushed up on that could apply to their own business?
1: Well, I've taken a lot of classes. I also have a minor in marketing. So I've taken some marketing classes, uh, accounting, management, uh, sports facilities. Um, I've gotten a broad range of everything. And I'd say the marketing has been very helpful especially during times like now where social media is used a lot to like progress businesses and also like with the accounting and all the numbers aspects that come come into the business.
0: Have have they made you do any projects where you have to kind of plot out like, okay, I'm going to start a gym. And these are the finances associated with doing that.
1: Um, Well, my first year as a business major, we had to do like we had to make our own business. It was like a mock business. And I actually made my own um, CrossFit gym
0: in the area.
1: So we had to like find a building, um, figure out the what target market we wanted to attract and Basically, how would we um, set up to get equipment and everything, but it was just the basics. It didn't go like specifically into the numbers and everything since it was my first year.
0: Wow. Well, I have so many questions on this. What What was the name of your CrossFit gym?
1: It was called CrossFit 518.
0: 518, awesome. For the
1: area code.
0: And did you find a location as you were searching around? Did you guys actually have to look into real estate? And find open plots of land or anything like that?
1: Um, yeah, this wasn't like a big, big part of the project, but um we found a place downtown Albany. It it's um right next to DP though Okay. It was cool. like it's like an open space. It's not being used for anything right now. So we thought that would be a great place because it's downtown, it's central, and there's a lot of we feel like there's a lot of um potential for for the business there
0: you you can come right out of crossfit 518 run by emily and then go right next door and get your dp dough you know maybe (laughs) get some garlic knots or some uh you know some pizza and go on your merry way sounds like a good setup well one thing that i would tell you in in future looking for you know like spaces to put your gym it's always good to see who the neighbors are Like, uh, let's say if there's an antique shop next to of 518, they may not appreciate all of the dropping of the barbells and the vibrations that come through that, or just neighbors who have a quiet office space. I've heard a lot of horror stories about gyms setting up in maybe the wrong location and not talking to their neighbors, and then there's definitely conflicts because of that, because of loud music, a lot of cars in the parking space, people running in and out of the building, all, all that kind of kind of thing.
1: That's a good point there.
0: So that'll be from the uh, the McDermott School of business. i I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll add that part in. Uh, now, with marketing, what what are some common mistakes that you learned about that businesses make on their marketing?
1: Um I would say some mistakes are they don't do enough advertising for the gym or they also don't have the correct target market that they need to reach. So they aren't able to progress.
0: Mm -hmm. When you say target market, do you mean, okay, we're gonna be focusing, uh, our gym really caters to people who wanna be competitive versus we wanna cater towards kids or people who are elderly or everyone, kind of a general fitness mix. Is that what you mean by target market?
1: Yes, I mean by like a general fix, like if you want to target kids, college students, or like middle-aged, um, depending on all of that.
0: What was your target market?
1: Um, our target market market was um, college students, since we would be downtown and closer to all the colleges, like Saint Rose and New Albany. So that's what we were going towards
0: that that makes a lot of sense is, is that is that your dream target market because it's one thing to do it for a class but like maybe deep down you're like man I, ra- I really want to work with sports teams or I really want to work with the elderly you know like like what's your dream target market
1: I honestly want to have a broad range like I want to work with athletes I also want to work with elderly people and also kids that want to get into the sport
0: so uh, the nice range of, of things, not really focusing on one or the other. Uh, have you thought about how you would cater to those different needs inside of your gym? Are you running group classes? Is it individual personal training? Uh, do you have like a competitive class? You have your kids class? Like how would you do this inside of CrossFit 518?
1: Um, we would probably start off with little... Um, have classes separate for the younger kids, let's say 15 and under, and then we would have other classes uh, catered for like the teenagers up until like any age range, but I feel like the younger class classes would be more beneficial since they won't be lifting as much or having the same Techniques down like the older people.
0: Yeah, I'll. I'll, You'll have to remind me. I should send you the CrossFit kids training manual uh, because that was a very fun course. You know, and that you should put that on your list of courses to take eventually if you're looking to work with kids. Have you worked uh, in a fitness environment with kids before?
1: Um, I used to have a summer job where I was a like the gym teacher for kids ranging from. I believe it was second, third grade up until eighth grade. So I I was a sports teacher, so I would set up games for the kids to play and yeah, just have some stations set up for everyone to play with.
0: The, The toughest part about working with kids that I've always found has been the discipline aspect of it. You know, like like someone's not following the rules, and you gotta tell them. All right, well, you're gonna sit out today, you know, or you're we're gonna have to go talk to your your mom or your dad. How how are you as a disciplinarian uh, in these classes? And any advice?
1: It was actually a an interesting experience with the younger kids. I feel like they were a little tough to deal with because they want to be running around doing whatever they want, not really like they don't have the attention span to focus on one thing at a time. So for them, you would have to set up like different stations, but I feel like with the older kids, um, it was kind of the same because let's say the boys wanted to play soccer, the girls wanted to like jump rope or draw. So I would uh, divide it up like that too. So the kids would have something to choose between
0: think that that's good especially you know for those older age groups you know like give them a little bit of autonomy a little bit of a choice like hey would you like to go draw or, or jump rope or play soccer or we can also do this over here kind of just let them choose but you've already chosen the the, the options you know you, you like you're gonna constrain it to like these three things but then they get to pick within that yeah yeah i think this is a, a smart way to do it you know that way everybody everybody gets what they want and it's not just coach Emily being like nope nope we're all playing soccer today even though you all hate soccer you know but that's just the unit I picked for today yeah that, that's a good thing uh, a good aspect of being a coach is you have to be flexible but you also have to be firm you know like if some of the kids are like well why don't I don't want to do any of that was well, like well you're here we have to do some of it so let <laughs> me help let me help you figure this out
1: yeah it was an interesting experience but I really enjoyed it
0: yeah now, are you, are you going to, are you currently doing that too? Are you going to be working with kids this summer at all? Or right now, are you just focusing on uh, just working inside of gyms?
1: Right now, I'm just focusing working in gyms. Mm-hmm. That was just a summer job I had one day. Okay. One summer.
0: Now, going back to college, what have you learned uh, in terms of entrepreneurship and you know, have they gone into like the nitty gritty of all right, like you're going to have your gym or your business and you may be working, you know, 80 hours a week, you know, you may be sleeping there some nights, you may not be able to pay yourself, you know, for a certain amount of time and you may not go on a vacation for 10 years and it's going to take time and a lot of effort and blood, sweat and tears on your end. What have you learned about entrepreneurship throughout this program?
1: Um, well, I haven't had a class of just focusing on entrepreneurship, but like what you just said, it's going to take a lot of hard work, working long hours, um, figuring out what exactly I would want to do with my business to be able to start off on the right track.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think you're, you're capable of it. You're a hard worker. You've been doing a great job at Albany CrossFit. You, you have a, a, a fantastic memory. So, I'll uh, like typically we'll go over a movement and I'll break down all of the, the steps of a progression. And one thing that you really got going for you is that you remember those steps pretty much automatically. Uh, and then you're able to turn right around and teach it. So, you've got a great memory. And, and I feel like that kind of bleeds into having a, a great attention to detail. So I think you're going to, you're going to do great in that regard. And those are important qualities for an entrepreneur and a business owner to have. Cause I imagine, you know, cross the five, one, eight or Emily's gym, you know, like you're going to have everything organized a certain way. You're going to have the floor this way. You're going to have a rig over there. Have you thought about what the inside of the gym would physically look like if this was your dream gym? Um,
1: I would try to keep it simple. Um, um uh, based on the crossfit gyms i've gone to they have a pretty similar setup so i would probably have like a rig put off to the side and then the barbells up on the wall and just a section for every um equipment that we would have in the gym
0: yeah it's uh it's always good to kind of draw out a floor plan in advance my my two pieces of advice for you one, your your biggest asset is going to be space, space and time. So it's like uh, maximize your space because you, who knows, you know that building, you know downtown, could be teeny tiny. So it may not make sense to put a rig off to the side or in the middle. Maybe wall mounted rig would be better to maximize mm-hmm. the open floor space because that floor space is so important. And uh, uh, another big advice I'd give you would be to you start small, you know, maybe only have two rowers in the beginning, or you can always add rowers later as you need them. You can always add barbells. Uh, You don't have to open up and have a complete set of wall balls, a complete set of kettlebells, dumbbells, all that stuff. Maybe you just don't have wall balls for a little while, but you have a bunch of dumbbells, you know, you don't have to buy every piece of equipment. And I've met a couple of people starting gyms who kind of felt like that. And they ended up spending an absorbent, Amount of money in the beginning, and they didn't have people that, the right amount of people there to be able to use all that stuff. So you want to make sure that you know you start small. You can always add it later. Okay. And then you know if you have that just means that that your programming is affected by that too, right? Well, Cross Five One Eight doesn't have wall balls yet. We don't need them, and it also costs hundred dollars for like a ten pound wall ball. You know, so that's not uh, a logical expense and we're just not going to program those. Maybe we do dumbbell thrusters, or we just do other things. Uh, You can always start small on your programming, and start small on your business, and grow it up.
1: All right, yep, I like that, Um, because I didn't think of that at first, so it's a good thing to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, so it's, um, that'd be a part of, you know, like in a budgeting class, if you were going to try to budget out, you have X amount of money, let's say you have $20,000, you know, some things just aren't worth the expense and like wall balls might be one of those things. Slam balls is definitely one of those things. Like we didn't have slam balls, uh, I think until 2019 and our gym has been open since 2007. So it's like, you know, one reason we didn't have them for a large period of time is we would buy them and they would break all the time because the quality just wasn't very good in the beginning. The sand would leak out often. So we just didn't do that movement and we didn't program it and we didn't buy the equipment for it. And using wall balls as slam balls ruins the wall ball because they're not meant you know, to have that kind of a, a beat down taken on them. So it's always good to kind of think about what is the bare minimum I need to do to open this gym and provide people with effective workouts. And you're going to automatically check off a lot of pieces of equipment that you just don't need right in the beginning okay so we can we can talk more about that any any time you want to when you start to plan out plan out your gym what what are the essentials that that you should get but i want to dive into now you coming to albany crossfit what were what were your first impressions of the gym when you first arrived there and have they changed at all uh hopefully for the better if they have
1: (laughs) um i actually had a pretty good first impression i i walked in i liked the you guys have a big building. I like that. Um, I like that you offer um, the choice that you have a regular gym for weightlifting, and then you have a CrossFit gym too. Um, it's, a, it's a nice facility, very spacious. Um, you have all the equipment that's pretty much needed in the gym, so I actually really like it compared to other CrossFit gyms I've been to.
0: Awesome. Good, good to know. We won't name those gyms, you know, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. sure, sure they mean well, we're, we're, we're a very, a very blessed and fortunate gym to just have grown in the space that we have and to have all of those things available to us, you know, like with that fitness center upstairs, the cardio room, and just all the space. Uh, uh, if there was one thing I would say that were not blessed on is, uh, sometimes that space is a little too big because that space also has to get cleaned. So it takes, (laughs) it it takes quite a while to clean that giant space, but, uh, we're very fortunate for sure. Uh, what, what has been your experience in class, um, going through warmups, learning skills, the workouts. I'm not sure if you were regularly doing CrossFit before you came to the gym. So, uh, uh, maybe kind of talk about a little bit, your just experiences with doing CrossFit.
1: Well, I started doing CrossFit summer of 2017. And ever since, I've just been practicing CrossFit every summer when I went home. Since I was away at school, I didn't do CrossFit. And I basically did CrossFit because I was a student athlete. I played soccer at St. Rose. So I like doing it to prepare myself for the season, get strong and fit. And In the time I did it, I enjoyed it, and at Albany CrossFit, I really like the setup. I like how the warm-up is led, the stretching. I feel like I'm ready to go once it's time to do the actual workout, so I like the structure of how you guys run everything at the gym right now.
0: Got to warm up properly for these tough workouts. Now, uh, have you uh, you've been involved in sports, I'm assuming, your entire life. Correct me if I'm that's wrong. Correct.
1: Yep, so, that's correct.
0: So now, how have you noticed, you know, just CrossFit training in general has prepared you for sport versus what you were doing maybe before CrossFit?
1: Um, well, I'd say before CrossFit was very different because I I've always been like on a sports team. So I feel like with CrossFit, it's more working individually, um, having a strong mindset to keep pushing myself.
0: Yeah, and that, it's
1: made me mentally stronger.
0: I, I would say so. I mean, you just did that twenty-one point two workout, dumbbell snatches and burpee box jump overs, and I don't think you slowed down once. And that's a very that's a very mentally taxing workout because it's it's just so hard. And I was like, Emily's. He's almost done with this thing, you know. And I'm looking <laughs> at the at the clock, so you definitely have you know this ability to push hard in workouts. So it's good to have that extra gear.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's been very helpful mentally, becoming like mentally stronger and pushing myself.
0: What when a workout gets hard? What do you What do you say to yourself to keep yourself going? Like 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 I just said you were flying through 15 burpee box jump overs. Like it was no one's business. It was, it was awesome to watch. And I know my hands would have been on my knees, you know, just like contemplating life several, several times during each set. And I remember it was when I did that workout way back. So what, what do you think about when you're pushing in a workout and the workout pushes back?
1: Well, I do contemplate while I'm doing the workouts. I'm like, why am I doing this? I could be sitting right now, not doing anything, but to push myself. I basically just say like, I have 10 more minutes left after this. I can sit back, relax and enjoy what I just did, even though it was torture.
0: (laughs) Enjoy the benefits that are going to come because of it. Have you ever quit during a CrossFit workout?
1: No, I have not. I, I don't like, I don't have the mindset to quit. So I'd rather always finish than um, give up in the middle of a workout.
0: That's a good quality. Have you got me beat there. I've quit on several workouts where I'm like, nope, it's over. Like that was it for the day. Uh, I'm going to pack up my shoes now and I'm just going to go home and cry in the fetal position and hopefully never do that workout again.
1: Unless I like injure myself, I won't stop in the middle of a workout.
0: What's been the most difficult workout you've done so far?
1: That's a good question. Um,
0: it's a good question when they're all easy. No, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> no, they're all pretty tough. I'd say the toughest one was. It was a couple weeks ago. We did. I think we were doing power cleans and. It was alter- being alternated with um, burpees. Oh, I felt it, like that.
0: Like uh, like five rounds or something like that, power cleans and burpees over the bar?
1: I think it was more than that, yeah. Yeah, it was like power cleans and burpees over the bar, but I just felt like it was very taxing. Like the bar weight was heavy for me too. And at the end of the workout, I, I felt like dead, so... I, that one really pushed me to the max.
0: Do you like those shorter, more intense workouts, or do you prefer ones that are maybe a little bit longer, like a 20 minute AMRAP where you kind of just zoned out and just going from one station to the next and can keeping a nice consistent pace throughout it?
1: Um, I'd say I like the, the longer ones cause the short, shorter ones, I feel like when I'm done, I could I feel like I could do more. Mm-hmm. So I All feel right. like, the longer ones are, I, I enjoy those a little bit more.
0: Well, this this gives me good information because I mean, you're normally in my class. So those shorter ones, if we're feeling like we got to do more, maybe we got to go heavier, maybe we need tougher scaling, you know, maybe we got to uh, ramp things up a little bit. So I'll keep an eye on that for sure oh. when those shorter <laughs> ones come up. Now, right. uh, well, uh, what's been your favorite movement to do so far in all of these CrossFit classes?
1: Well, I'd say my least favorite was always the snatch. I feel like over time, my technique's been getting better. So I enjoy doing that movement because I want to keep progressing and getting better with it.
0: That's good. I mean, you're so one of your least favorites is now your favorite movement. Is it is it your favorite movement when we're just going heavy or working on technique? Or is it also still your favorite if it were to pop up in a conditioning workout and you had to do like 10 of 10 squat snatches, you know, 10 burpees and 10 pull-ups?
1: It wouldn't be my favorite in the workout, but I would enjoy it for technique purposes and becoming better with it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cause the snatch is what <laughs> is probably my favorite movement, but I think it it just depends on where it pops up to. So if it was in that workout, it, I wouldn't, nothing would be my favorite in that moment, you know, probably it'd be, uh, this isn't my favorite day. Cause I have to do this right now, you know, versus favorite movement.
1: Yeah.
0: Now what's been but, your, Oh, continue.
1: Um, if it's just a regular movement, I would say my favorites, the deadlift, the
0: deadlift. Hey, yeah. you just PR'd your deadlift not too long ago. Yes. It was all over the Albany CrossFit social media you know, big PR, I think, well, you hit 225 pounds, right?
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: For a rep max deadlift. And we had more, we had more, but that's, uh, you know, sometimes it's good to keep a little bit, you know, in the tank for the next time. Uh, how yeah. do you feel your strength levels have been affected in being very consistent in these last couple months in doing CrossFit?
1: Strength wise, I, I feel a lot stronger. I can see it and feel it during the workouts and and barbell club, I feel stronger too. So I feel like the consistency has been very helpful in improving my strength.
0: Yeah. And I mean, even though you're strong, sometimes we have to scale back the weight on those conditioning workouts because, you know, maybe you can deadlift 225 pounds. But if we're going to do a workout that requires you to do 10 of them, we might need to bump the weight down because now the requirements in the workout are a little different. And you've always been very, very good about scaling and modifying workouts. Uh, what, what's your thought process on scaling for yourself and what advice do you have for someone who might find it difficult to scale just because, you know, they feel like they should be doing more and they kind of feel bad about having to take weight off the bar or or modify a movement a certain way.
1: Well, I would say I, I always feel like I could do more, but when it comes, like you said, to like conditioning workouts, I know I I can push myself to the max, but I know that I won't get the workout done if I don't have a a moderate weight that I could keep moving with. So the advice I would give is choose a weight you could keep moving with. And as time progresses, you'll be getting better until you're able to do rx workouts consistently you just need to be patient and that's what i'm trying to do right now too
0: it's but it's so hard coach emily it's so hard to be patient you know what about people who are impatient
1: you also have to think about taking care of your body and not pushing yourself too much because you also want to avoid injury this is the way i think of it
0: Yeah, I mean, you're you're exactly right. I mean, it's, it's taking the easy way out to do the weight because you know you can do it once and to maybe do single repetitions. Okay, the deadlift weight is 225. I know I can do that once. I can pick it up. We're about to do 10 reps. I'll just do 10 singles, even though the coach just said, this should be a weight that we're using today that you need to be able to handle for doing all 10 in a row. So the the stimulus is different when you do that. And sometimes people's egos get involved, right? They're like, well, I I can do this weight. I know I can do it. I can't string it together. So I'll just pick it up once, drop it, pick it up once, drop it. And we've had this conversation, you and I, that when you do that, the intensity of the workout goes down. So now we're not achieving the proper intensity stimulus for the workout. And we're actually making it easier because you know what you're going to do every time you drop that weight, you're going to rest versus Emily, who's holding on for 10 reps in a row. She went 20% lighter and she's doing all 10 in a row and getting that time under tension with the bar, getting that metabolic stimulus. So it's two different workouts. How, how, how do you approach, I'm sure you've experienced it in sports, um, other athletes or people who have too big of an ego in order to take a step back because and when that step back is going to lead them to progress. Like what's been your experience with people and egos?
1: Um I would say there are a lot of people with big egos when it comes to like training. And you just need to have a group of people that are coachable and will take your advice, which is not what you're always going to get, but you have to be able to accommodate to their needs, but also be able to help them to not make the wrong choices.
0: I I like what you said there. Um, You're not always going to be able to get what you want. And I think, so here's a question for you. As a coach, should you always get what you want? And is there a situation where you should always get what you want versus not?
1: As a coach, you're always not going to get what you want, but um, I feel like you can't really do anything in that situation.
0: Mm-hmm. You mean like uh, yeah, you have a non-compliant athlete, maybe?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: I would say for me, I always expect to get what I want when safety is involved and maybe when the group experience is involved, you know. Uh, But then on an individual basis, you know, I may want Art to go 10 pounds heavier. That's what I want, but he may not be feeling it that day. So I have to be ready to. To meet him in the middle or maybe okay today's just not the day i, I would say that's how i kind of kind of view it like safety is non-negotiable group experience should be non-negotiable that like if something that someone is doing is really affecting everyone else in the room in a negative way uh, but then individual basis if, if i come to you and you're like ah james my shoulder hurts i don't know about doing these pull-ups today and i'm like oh but emily we got to work on these pull-ups you know like like I need that—that's a situation where I'm not going to get what I want, and that also kind of bleeds into the other one on safety, right?
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Just these are just interesting, inter- interesting things to kind of think about. You know, I haven't really thought about it from this perspective in a while until you you said that earlier. Get what you want. You know, it's it's a good thing to, for athletes to think about. It's a good thing for coaches to think about too.
1: Yeah, I never thought of that before, so it was a good pop up question.
0: Yeah, that's that's the fun part about these these interviews, Emily. All the all the questions and all the just the thoughts and philosophies that might pop up from it. So, you're not always going to get what you want. The athlete shouldn't always get what they want because you know, I know as an athlete, if I get what I want all the time, I'm going to pick the easiest least path of resistance and I'm going to do the things that, you know, I enjoy to do all the time and probably not do things that I need to do but that's why you need a coach to help you navigate that but as a coach you you shouldn't always get what you want in a general sense unless I think it's safety related or the group experience
1: I would agree with that too
0: awesome well look look at all the good that we're accomplishing right now in this interview now speaking of going back to strength You know, you PR'd your deadlift uh, and you've also just recently PR'd your front squat. You just front squatted a one rep max of 175 pounds in barbell club. What's been your experience coming into barbell club? It's a slightly different atmosphere from the CrossFit class. And it's a little bit more of a a focused attention on very specific movements. There's a lot that we don't do in barbell club. Uh, What's been your experience in this class so far?
1: Um, The experience has been pretty great. Um, Like I said before, I'm used to playing in team sports, so I'm not really used to all this individual work. But I feel like it's helped me a lot. And um, it's helped me to, like, settle down and really focus on the little things that come into um, weightlifting. And it's made me realize how important technique is.
0: Yeah. We do a lot of technique work in there. A lot of barbell work. Are you surprised at how difficult work with just the barbell can become?
1: I am. Yes. Like I, I, you could tell like just looking that it looks difficult, but actually doing it um, it's a different, a totally different experience.
0: Yeah. And typically we're only doing like three reps at each position but if you do that, it's nine reps total. We might do transitions. We might hold some things, and everyone's kind of doing it in unison too. So that's kind of like our our team, you know, thing right there, just warming up in unison. What has been uh, your your most successful aspect of that so far? Like, what do you think you've improved upon so far in your technique on, let's say, a movement like the snatch? But we can also talk about the clean and jerk too.
1: I'd say. With the snatch, I've improved with holding the bar overhead. So I've improved um, like fixing my wrists to make sure they're neutral, um, make sure I'm pushing up on the bar and just keeping tension over the bar and making sure I'm keeping a decent technique while snatching.
0: Yeah, you've made great improvements on that and on the jerk too, on just holding the bar overhead. We do so much overhead work and being someone who wasn't regularly training these movements. Often you came into barbell club with a great approach of, I'm just going to keep it light and I'm going to work on technique. So again, you have a high level of patience because sometimes people come in and they're like, well, it's time to go heavy, you know, Uh, I want to go heavy, heavy, heavy. And even though we do that a lot in Barbell Club, there's always the option to kind of go slow and take it back on a day. But if you're feeling good, of course, go for it. So I've been really impressed with your your approach to the lifts and just your attention to detail again and making sure you're doing it the right way before you add weight to the bar.
1: Yeah, it takes a lot of patience, but I feel like if I had started off just, Throwing around weights, I wouldn't be where I am right now with my technique.
0: Exactly. And where are you right now? You're about to do your first weightlifting meet this coming Saturday, March 27th. Yeah. What What are you feeling about that?
1: Um, it's exciting. Um, I'm excited to see how it goes. Um, see how the format is and everything, and hopefully, I I do well. <laughs>
0: Oh, I, I think you're going to do very, very well. Uh, after this this interview, we'll talk more about the the event and what what I need from you. I still need some information from you, and uh, we'll talk about attempts, things like that. Uh, but are you? Um, this will be a a solo sport. So you said you're you're all on the team sports. I don't know if you've played any solo sports, like maybe if you did tennis or anything like that. But what are your what are your thoughts going into this event? where it's just you and it's just you and your abilities in a solo environment?
1: It's a little nerve wracking, but I guess I like the idea that I'm in control and I decide um, how well I could do in the meet.
0: Yeah, it it all comes down to you making those lifts. Have you, is that see I I didn't really do very many team sports myself so what what was that like when let's say uh, the game is lost but it's you did your job but other people on the team maybe had a bad day you know I, I know there's the mentality of you know there is no I in team we all lose or we all win together but like did you have any like thoughts on like man you know like like I did what I need to do that you know, but other people didn't do their job. How did you deal with losses as a team when maybe you did what you needed to do?
1: I feel like everyone in a team setting always has um, that come up at least once. And just like you stated, like when you lose as a, when you lose, you lose as a team. When you win, you win as a team. It's a team effort, so I feel like everyone's accountable no matter how well or how bad you play.
0: Were you ever in a situation where maybe the game was lost and you had a shortcoming in the game? Like you didn't make a shot when you had an opportunity to score a goal or maybe you, you know, like let an opponent slip by and they scored. And then if so, how did you deal with that?
1: Yes, that has happened. And in that situation, like, It's obviously going to bother you for a while. Like in the middle of a game, if let's say I miss a big shot on goal, it's going to mentally affect you. But like they say for um, soccer players during the game, you have to have a short term memory and move forward and just pretend it didn't happen and don't do it again. And then just try your best to get that game winning shot. And then afterward, if you lose the game, Yes, it's going to be stuck in your mind for a while, but it's something you can look back on so you can improve and not do it again.
0: Yeah, you can you can use it as a learning experience, as opposed to having it beat you up to the point where in the next game you're doubting your abilities. Exactly. What What advice did you receive from coaches during these situations? Maybe uh, either you personally. When you had an error that led to a loss, or just when the team lost in general, what was a coach's response?
1: Um, Well, it's different with each coach, but the majority would say, um, like, these are some mistakes we need to clean up and do better next time. Mm -hmm. But they always have a winning mentality. And there's always gonna be tough games or games that you're gonna lose. And you need that to be able to learn and progress. But moving forward, it's something that'll help you become better.
0: So it's, it's almost like losing is inevitable, of course. And it's, it's a, a necessary evil or tool to getting better and eventually winning the championship. Cause like there, there's, I, don't, I can't think of any of the top of my head. There's no champions out there that get to the top without ever losing. Yeah. And that part of what helped them get to the top was potentially some of that losing.
1: Yeah. I feel like a lot of big teams or big players make it to the top by going through sacrificing and going through a lot to be able to make it to the top
0: exactly and now you know you bring up another topic sacrificing for sport Uh, a lot of athletes who want to perform at a high level you know have to sacrifice social life eating a certain way you know all that type of stuff have you performed at a level or gone about a sport or just fitness in general where you've sacrificed aspects of your life
1: Yes, yeah, so I'd say uh, being a college athlete, especially here at St. Rose, it's a very tough program to be in. It's, um, it's very pushing, like um, December 2019, we made it to the final four. That took a lot of sacrifice um, for D2. Um, you couldn't go out. You had to eat well. Um, get sufficient sleep. It's a tough process, but it's worth it at the end when you get the reward and see results.
0: D- Definitely, and I mean, it, it makes you look at training differently too. Like I know, I know for me, since weightlifting is an individual sport, well, if I don't get a good night's sleep because I was doing something dumb, like staying up late, surfing on my phone, you know, looking at at nonsense. And my performance is negatively affected. There aren't, there isn't a squad of people necessarily depending on that, on my performance. But I feel like if I was on a team like a like a like a like a, a sport like soccer, and I wasn't eating well, I wasn't taking training seriously, I wasn't doing my homework, then that affects everyone else. That affects the person left, right, in front, behind me, other positions. So I, I feel like it definitely would lead to a different mindset on being on a group team like that.
1: Yeah. When you're, when you're in a group team, um, you can't think of everything like just being yourself. Like you always have to have in mind that whatever you're doing is going to affect your team. So you have to be responsible and take sacrifices to be able to progress and be able to perform at a high level
0: yeah what what position are you
1: I am a forward
0: okay and and I I don't know a whole lot about soccer so I don't want my okay to make it sound like I know what you just said so what what does a forward forward do on the team
1: Uh, it's basically the attacking player um you're basically being fed balls to be able to score on goal and just make all the goals for the team
0: okay well uh what's what's been your most gratifying or memorable goal where you're like oh I can't believe I made that shot and it went in
1: um I would say back from when I was in high school I scored a goal it was um it was a 1v1 so it was just me and the goalie and I was able to get past them and finish the back of the net. So I would say that's one of the most recent goals that I could remember the best that I liked.
0: I feel like that would be such a hard position to play, to be the goalie where it's like, you're the one <laughs> that let the point in. You got to be so hyper aware of what everything that's going on and you're the attacker. What, What has been your experience on just like being that person who's constantly attacking that goal and trying to outmaneuver the person who's guarding it? Let's say you've gotten past defenders and, you know, like, like how do you go about, it it seems like a chess match at that point. Like, how do I outmaneuver this person? How do I outthink them? Like, uh, what's the strategy behind trying to fake someone out or to get past this obstacle in front of you to score that goal?
1: Well, it takes a lot of practice and training. We would do a lot of 1v1 situations. um, Little moves we can do against other people to um, get past the defender. And it's very, like you said, it's a chess match. You need to think before you do. But it's uh, pretty much just practicing is how you progress and get better with it
0: are there any like tell signs that you're looking for on a goalie like where it's like all right their feet pointed this way that means if i go this way i'm going to catch them off guard like what kind of well like what are you what are you reading on your opponent in that situation
1: in that situation um you just try to focus on the goalie's body language or if you want to keep eye contact and be tried to intimidate them everyone has their different styles but in that situation it's more like pick a spot and go there
0: mm-hmm. just co- commit to your your strike yes that this all this all reminds me uh, a lot emily about weightlifting you know like uh, like on weightlifting i i like that pick a spot and strike, you know, like we know the spot that we're trying to get the bar to. So like just commit to the lift, right? Or commit to aiming for that spot on the goal and without any hesitation, without any drawback or lack of follow through. And you'll either make the lift or you'll make the shot or maybe you won't, you know, because there's uh there's other forces at play that are going to work against you. And you just have to stick to your guns and use the full aspect of your technique and talent
1: yeah it's it's similar when it comes to that aspect of things
0: and also with missing lifts you know there's gonna come a time in your weightlifting career depending on how far you want to take it where you miss a lift out on the platform well it's just like uh, it's almost like every lift is a game in itself like you said before you have to learn from it but then you also have to forget it and you can't let it bleed into the next lift. You can't be walking out for your second attempt, freaking out because you missed your first attempt, you know, for, as, as an example, it has to be a fresh lift in your mind and you still have to have that courage to go all in on the lift.
1: Yeah. there. are um, soccer and weightlifting are two completely different sports, but like, like you just said, there's little things that, um, can transfer over and can affect you individually too.
0: Yeah, that's why I think you're gonna have a a big advantage on having an athlete's mindset when you come up into these situations. You know, I've worked with plenty of people who have come from weightlifting as their first sport. So they're dealing with all this for the first time, but you're coming from a group sport where you've experienced loss, and wins, failures, success, mistakes, having to bounce back from them, and also having to commit fully to accomplish a goal. So you're bringing all of that into weightlifting. Also with the mindset of you enjoy the fact that it's just you, because now you got full control over everything that happens out on that platform. I think this is a, a recipe for success, Emily. Yeah. So first, the, uh, the Albany CrossFit spring cleaning, uh weightlifting meet next nationals we're just gonna jump right from there it's <laughs> gonna big like like who knows we'll just keep the training training going uh well, all that being said we got to get this first one under our belt very very soon uh this weekend so i'm excited and i think you're excited for it too hopefully
1: yep i'm actually very excited and hopefully it goes really well
0: <laughs> it will it will now what's um what are your pre-competition rituals? I'm sure before a soccer match, you have very specific things that, that you do. You know, like maybe it's food winding down for the night before, prepping. Well, what, what do you do as a competitor to prep for competition?
1: Well, to start off, I always get a good night's rest. Um, for food, I always want to get in a good source of protein, either chicken or a steak, or a big meal, and have my fruits, drink plenty of water, and just get in the right mental state to be prepared for the next day.
0: What, what, what do you do specifically to get into that mental state, or is just being prepared the thing that leads into that?
1: Uh, being prepared, and I feel like the type of music I listen to also gets me in the mood of getting prepared to play.
0: Okay. what What's on the playlist? What, what are we listening to uh, b- uh, before we're doing this weightlifting meeting?
1: It's a mix of everything. It depends how I feel that day. I could be listening to some rap music, some electronic music, or even some Spanish music. So it's so whatever I'm in the mood to listen to that day.
0: Okay. All right. It's got a, you got to feel the moment out and see, you know, okay, weightlifting tomorrow might be some spanish music soccer match might be you know some pop just depending on it just depends on the day
1: exactly yeah
0: okay what kind of competitor are you like what's your mental state as a competitor are you someone who gets amped up before it's time you know are you going to be at the edge of the platform you know like doing side shuffles bouncing back and forth air box in the air like let's go or are you more calm and cerebral? Like what kind of a competitor are you?
1: Um, I'd say I'm a lot more calm. That's how my personality is too. Um, I just like to remain calm and just be in the right mental state before it's time to go.
0: Okay. All right. I was going to say it'd be awesome if you were the other one, like all of a sudden, because <laughs> we, we, we've we all known you to be, you. like you just said, you're very calm. You're very, you know, quiet you know, yeah. uh, but all of a sudden on competition day, you're like, let's go, you know, like you're like doing backflips and stuff. That would have been pretty funny. <laughs>
1: um, I have gotten like that sometimes, but for the most part, I'm usually pretty calm.
0: How do you deal with nerves that come up
1: before competition? I actually do become really nervous before competition and I'll have nerves right up until the point where I'm competing. So there's nothing I really do for it. I just let it take over and then, but when it's time to compete, they go away. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, nerves aren't a bad thing, right? You know, nerves show that you care and that you're invested in this. And I I imagine over time, you've gotten very good about funneling and channeling that nervous energy into a productive performance versus letting it kind of hold you back.
1: Yeah, it's it makes me I feel like I become more productive. And yeah. the nervousness helps me prepare.
0: Now you've been competing in sports for a very long time, different levels. Uh, There's going to be some people who are competing for the very first time in possibly anything at this meet that we're doing. It's a very beginner-friendly meet. Uh, We have a lot of first-time weightlifters, just like yourself. Uh, But again, you're coming into it with a, a, a background of sport and competition. What advice do you have for someone who's never competed before? And they're maybe very, very nervous about it. Maybe they're doubting, why did I let someone talk me into doing this? Uh, what, what are some words of advice you have for that person?
1: I, I would say, uh, most importantly, just have fun. Um, like, it's your first meet, you have to start somewhere. So I would say have fun, um, don't psych yourself out too much, and just try your best, is how I would take it.
0: No, I think that's fantastic advice. I mean, have fun is the number one priority right like uh this yeah. is all, all for fun we're all around people that we we know or that are positive and we know want to see us succeed and check it out i got it right here this is uh the prize look at that <laughs> i like that yeah we got a little wwe a little... belt there yep that the the top sinclair winners are, are gonna get so it's like hey Who's walking away with that belt? Let's have a good time. Let's make some lifts and we'll, we'll calculate the numbers and see who statistically, you know, did the best. And that person will walk away with that. Uh, and, and we'll, it's just all for fun. You know, it's all a big learning experience because I've never put on a weightlifting meet before. So I've put on practice weightlifting meets. So this will be my first time putting on a sanctioned one, which there's certainly a lot more that goes into it. But I'm nervous too. This is my first time like doing this by, by the books. So like, I'm probably going to make some mistakes, just like people will make mistakes and miss their lifts. You know, it's, uh, we're all just in it for a learning experience and to have fun.
1: Yeah. And I feel like if they have a competitive mindset too, it'll push them to want to work harder and keep their eyes on the prize.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And it, I, I'm going to warn you in advance after you do this first weightlifting meet, there's a high probability that you're going to be hooked and you're going to be like what, when's the next one? I mean like are we doing one <laughs> next week? Like uh do I have to drive across the country and do one in 2 weeks? Like when are we going to do this next weightlifting meet? Cuz it, it goes by so super fast and it always leaves you wanting a little bit more. You're like, "Oh, what if I would have went a little bit heavier?" And it's the weight's never enough, Emily. You're always going to want more at these competitions. So uh, uh is that how you were a soccer? Like win or lose, you finish the match and you're like When's the next one? I want one, or are you more like, ah, oh, let's let's take some time before we do that again? And I don't know if it's different with team sports versus weightlifting.
1: I would always be looking forward to the next match, so I feel like it's kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. And you have to take advantage of each opportunity because, like, how you can see now with COVID and everything, you never know when it's your last game. So
0: that's that's very. A very truthful and important thing you just said there, because uh, we had to go like almost a whole year without any weightlifting meets, and um, they've been very sparse in this area since. So we we definitely want to get into more of them, and that's why I want to host more of them too.
1: Yeah, but it's yeah. I'm excited for it.
0: Awesome. Well, Emily, we've had a, a, a great talk. Uh, I just have a couple more questions for you. Uh, first. You've, you've been involved in, in fitness for a while now, sports. Uh, how does your family react to you being the fitness-minded person? Is your whole family involved in health and fitness uh, or are you the person where, you know, you'll give some advice to a family member and then they won't take your advice or question it and then they'll read an article in a magazine and then they'll tell you about that advice like it's the first time they've ever seen it. Like I'm sure you've experienced those types of things.
1: Um, well, yeah, I have, there's a good amount of people in my family that are invested in fitness. So I wouldn't say I'm the only one because I feel like based off of them has also made me want to pursue a career in fitness even more. But, um, recently I've been doing, I've been having some mock clients for nutrition. And like you just said, I have some of my clients are family members and I'll give them advice and they won't listen or they'll go off and read something and be like, oh, like I learned this today. And then I'm like, I just told you that. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'd say it's a family. It runs in the family, but it's something I've always wanted to do.
0: Yeah. Family can at times be the, the hardest, you know, uh, to to work with just because you know at a certain point they still view you as, as as you you know like you're like like if you're working like if I'm working with like an aunt or something well it's like oh i oh that's little Jimmy you know like it's like not like like fitness coach who's gone to college and has been doing this and stuff like that so they just they still view you a different way you know at least yeah. that's been been my experience. Uh, in your family you said you had some family members who inspired you to go about this career path. Uh, are they also trainers or were they just athletes in sport? You know, what's a little bit of that, the background there?
1: Um, they're just athletes in sports. Like I have an aunt that is, she used to compete and like model, do like fitness modeling. Um, I have an uncle that has his own gym in another country and like competing, but unfortunately wasn't able to uh, progress with like weightlifting and everything and I also have a cousin which is my uncle's son that's also into fitness he plays soccer is into weightlifting and I also have a brother that plays soccer so it's just I feel like we've all influenced each other to love sports no matter if it's weightlifting or soccer
0: yeah a lot of soccer and that's fantastic weightlifting too what what kind of advice did you get from your family members in in soccer? Because uh, you had family members who competed and, and played before you. Do you remember any kind of tips or tricks that they gave you uh, as you were going into the sport, or maybe before a big game?
1: Um, they would always say like, um, "Just be in the right mindset and have fun and try your best," and. Over the years, I mean, I've been able to progress and made it to play in college soccer, which isn't something I thought I would be doing. So I'm grateful for that, having the experience with that too.
0: That, that's fantastic. I mean, you have a, a solid base of support for all these things, and they're probably very proud of you with everything that you're doing. Do they know that you're weightlifting?
1: Um, yes, they do. Um, they know I'm just getting into it. So we'll see how it goes. Have they competed
0: in in weightlifting?
1: Um, in weightlifting? No, but like I said, my aunt did modeling for competed, like bodybuilding, I would guess. Okay. Um, but that's pretty much it. Okay.
0: uh, So have, so you haven't shown them videos of you front squatting 175 pounds or or snatching and clean jerk have you showed your family any of these things that you've done
1: um unless I've posted it on social media no and I haven't posted lately so they have not seen but it is something I want to I want to get more and posting online and showing what I can do so
0: yeah, you got you got to get be on seeing your seeing it
1: very soon. You got to get on
0: your marketing for your family, like show show them off, you know, like all this stuff that you do. Uh yeah. I am I'm, I'm 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 sure they'd be happy to see that. Did they see the video of your 225 deadlift?
1: They did not. I since I'm living in Albany right now, my family's all over the place, so unless I like send them the video or post it on social media, they don't they don't see it.
0: Okay. This is this is interesting. I've, I've noticed there's, um, people don't share their, 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 their lifts with their family that that often. (laughs) And I'm trying to figure out why, you know, like, uh, I'm like, uh, we have a lot of members in our barbell club that, you know, I post up the video on our Instagram and I also send, you know, you guys the video yourself. If you want to, it's your video. If you want to post it on your own page, you can, or like to show your family. And typically when I ask, uh, people say, no, I didn't show. I didn't show anyone that time that I cleaned 300 pounds or I I did this amazing thing that not many people in the world are actively pursuing or doing, you know, you're, you're in a small group, Emily, of people worldwide that can do things that you can do or that actively approach them. So just, just wondering, just like, what's, what's your mindset? Like, how come you don't go home and like, look at this, look at this, look how awesome I am.
1: Um, well, everyone in my family basically knows I'm involved in fitness. Like I've posted videos before. I don't do it consistently, but they have seen me train before. But it's something that I I like people knowing, but I also don't like putting it out there all the time. Mm-hmm. But I know that moving forward, I want to start posting more and having people see what I can actually do.
0: Yeah. Hey, that might inspire them to uh maybe want to do it themselves if, if they're not already yeah. right you know and then also it it shows a oh, whole well, look how how strong Emily is that and all right maybe I will listen to your advice on that piece of nutrition you you told me about you know instead of not listening to you and then reading an article and then retelling you the same advice you know later on
1: yeah
0: yeah right, I'm just it it's not just you it's it's everybody you know so I'm just always interested by it you know because I mean I show my mom you know stuff like if we're if, if if we are in you know around her I was like look at this look what I did I mean <laughs> she's always terrified she's like don't do that you're gonna hurt yourself or it's too heavy you know um but at the same time uh none of my family have ever seen it in person too like I've never had them yeah. come out to a competition you know because I'm always so busy at them that it would be just another thing. So, but I I we we can't do it this one. But maybe in a future competition, you can get your family to come out and watch if there's spectators around and then the world allows it. So maybe they'll be able yeah, to see you go soon.
1: Hopefully that can happen.
0: Awesome. Well, Emily, this has been fantastic learning more about you and talking about things that you've learned. Uh, we were going to do a second part of this interview where you were going to ask some questions, but I think that that would be fun to do in another episode. That way we can dedicate more time to that. And um, we don't blow this one up. So this one's just going to be all about Emily. And then we're going to get you back on the show and you're going to be in more of the interviewer role because you have a series of questions based off of what you've been learning in CrossFit that you want to ask me. So I think we'll do that in a separate episode.
1: All right, that sounds good.
0: Uh, now, uh, to close out here, this is always the hardest question hardest question because it, it always puts everyone on the spot. Uh, what's one one thing that you want to leave with the listener? With you know, what's one piece of advice, just or or just something that you want to say to the listener uh, on the way out here?
1: Um, I would say if you're getting if you're new into getting into the sport of CrossFit or weightlifting or anything um, and you're hesitant about it, I would say just take the time to get into the um, sport, try it out, see if you like it and maybe you'll surprise yourself and actually find a love for a new sport, which is what I'm starting to do. So it's always good to try new things and, see how it goes
0: awesome that was great advice yeah a lot of people struggle with that question emily but not you you know you're (laughs) you're 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 miles above everyone else i've i've mentioned this to, to many people at the gym uh coaches emily is far ahead of where a lot of us were when we were just starting off so you've been doing a fantastic job interning at the gym uh if if we went back in time and it was me and you interning At the same time, you'd be blowing me out of the water. You're way better than I was way back then. You're very knowledgeable. You've got a great presence in class. You're always one step ahead. You're a great assistant. You know, like uh, some assistants I've had, I have to, you know, like remind them over and over to adjust the music, you know. Uh, But unless like I'm throwing an Audible and I need the music off at a certain time, you're always on top of it. You always got the music on, off. You're always a step ahead of me. And that's what a good assistant should be doing is thinking, well, what does the class need to go on to next? And what does the class coach need next from me? So you've been a fantastic assistant. Like I said, you have a outstanding memory and you've been killing it on teaching things in class and one-on-one and just overall, very happy with the the work you've been doing and impressed at the level that you're doing it at. And I think that when Emily's gym opens up, it's going to be a place to be. Just don't put it right next to Albany CrossFit. I mean, we want to we want to be a business too, you know. They'll drive us out of, you know, out of house and home.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, no, if I were to open up a gym, I wouldn't do it anywhere near um Albany CrossFit because you guys have been um very helpful helpful for me. I've been learning a lot with an internship. I've been enjoying it a lot. I enjoy being your assistant, and I'm very grateful for the having this opportunity and gaining more lo- knowledge.
0: Oh yeah. And we're not done yet. We still have still a lot of work to do. So one, one class session at a time. Well, Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been great. Where can people follow you so that when you do start to post, you know, these, uh, these lifts and, and more about yourself and, and get your name out there, they can see all of it.
1: Um, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, TikTok, Snapchat, uh, the basics, my, Username is Emily, E-M-E-L-Y, um, bangaro So you can find me on any social media platform and I'll be posting up uh, fitness videos and yeah, just trying to put out as much content as I can.
0: Awesome. Well, everybody make sure you follow Emily. Uh, the Her Instagram account and address will all be in the show notes. So if you forget, you can always go and read it there. Emily will be returning to the show very soon, and we'll have to get into uh, some specific questions that she has on CrossFit and training. Uh, Make sure you follow The Barbell Strikes Back on Instagram. Make sure you follow me, James A. McDermott, on Instagram. Emily, thank you again for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me.